You're listening to Barely on Topic with VA. When I think of a slap shot, I think of defenseman. It's like the only shot. I, this is what I got. Let's do it. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. Joe Sackman Sacco. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. Barely in Topic, Season 2, Episode 33. This week we've got Anthony and Jeff and Tim. That's right. And we can see Tim this week. It's lovely. Yay. (laughs) They replaced the wireless chip in my computer. Yay. It works. Woohoo. This week we have a few things to talk about. I'm hoping that we'll raise the level of discourse from 12-year-old than it was last week. 12-year-old boy to presumably... 15-year-old boy. Young man, sorry. Whatever you guys want to call yourselves. I'm not entirely sure that makes it better. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that either. Having been both a 12-year-old and a 15 and an uh, 18-year-old boy slash young man, no, no, it doesn't get better. 20? Just just, just quit while you're ahead, VA. Look, we're never going to have the level of discourse that that would be (laughs) age-appropriate. No, we need a guest for that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> then we're on our best behavior. We don't even swear when we have guests, unless they're Ben. <laughs> He's not really a guest at this point, is he? He's just some guy. How many shows has he been in, though? Only like four or five, right? It seems like more, like 500. I don't know. It's great, though. He's not really a guest. He's he's like one of the guys. Although, An associate? <laughs> yeah, he's Ben's my associate. <laughs> Uh, you guys put all these like terms on people like den mother and uncle and whatever. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. We're going to try to. Li- <laughs> what do we call uncle? <laughs> I call Ben the cool uncle. Because cool when he shows up, everyone's like, yeah, Ben's here. Woo. <sighs> so Ben's the drunkle. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he I guess... does like his whiskeys and scotches, and bourbons and other dark, alcohols. <laughs> dark alcohols in general. It's okay. I'll remember this. <laughs> Why did that sound threatening? Because you guys have called me your den mother. It's mm. not wrong. It still checks out. And it's an endear- It's a term of endearment from us. Yeah, we mean that, we mean, we mean mean that in lost. utterly, completely pr- positive light. Um, I know you may not take it that way, but that's how we mean it. Mm-hmm. If you said I was Wendy from Peter Pan, I would take that as a compliment. I would know what you were saying. But den mother, I'm, you're, you've saddled me with khaki-colored polyester... Um, no, 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 no. Dead mothers were yellow. Cub oh, Scout leaders were yellow. That's <laughs> so much better. As a former Cub Scout. It's it better is. than polyester. Still Wait, polyester. It's still um. polyester, but it's yellow. <laughs> Quiet, oh. you. Yes, yellow. It's the color I wear all the time. You know. Anyway, now that we're I've been a good start this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're going to be a little more grown up until we're not. So it's fine. I wanted to start uh, it's talking about the uh, the road to the perfect season, but uh, I think I'll table that for right now. <laughs> road to the perfect season. <laughs> Are you doing on that, Jeff? <laughs> well, I got a few months till the season starts, right? Because uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Development yeah. camps in four days. <laughs> yeah, the, the the road starts now. I'm off this week. I should go down for a day. Yes, you should. Yeah, maybe I will. Okay. Sounds I don't like know why the maybe I will was so threatening, but... Maybe I will! Take that! 
Bruins. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, Daniel? Oh, gosh. I'm coming to watch you. <laughs> Stutnika, you best be on your best. <laughs> oh, yeah? Orho Vakanainen. I see what you've done. Yes, all that. And Swayman, yeah, whatever your name is. Sure, you too. Okay, so let's start off with the biggest news of the week. Sveti is back in the United States. No, that wasn't it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) But in the interest of 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 humoring uh, um, Tim here. I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy. Nicholas Svedberg is back in the United States. He has signed to a two-way deal with the Minnesota Wild. So he's going to be playing Iowa. (laughs) See, everyone is happy about it. Everyone. (laughs) And I'm going to watch as many Iowa Wild games as I can, because it's Nicholas Fedberg. Fetty, back with the mild. <laughs> the Iowa mild, the extra mild. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I re- Yes, extra mild is a thing. <laughs> is someone dying? Like, honestly? Maybe Gene Kevin was right, and there was a child in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> telling us? I got nothing to do with it. It's not even in my building complex. It's in the parking lot through the woods out on the balcony. The next building set over. Somebody call over the, the cops. The a lot of small children just, you know, being small children, I think. Oh, okay. Because it does sound like death. Can I close <laughs> the door then? death. <laughs> so I'll close the door then. <laughs> I don't by it, but I, I know we'll get comments on that. It's either death or they're really excited about Svedberg as well. One or the other. I was going to say Canada Day, but it turns out no. It's about Sveti. Of course. It's always about Sveti. I mean, the best part is is we can't ask them to see what they're so excited about. So, Tim, you're probably right. Oh, God. Edberg, that's what I'm going with. Opportunity to yell out your window Hey, kids, are you excited about Nicholas Fedberg joining the Mild? I was not going to do that. (laughs) Some reporter you are. Not asking the hard questions. In other, in other wild news, some um, uh, um, mild no, news. This is not about the mild. <laughs> they also signed. They also signed old friend Landon Ferraro to a two-year, two-way deal. Oh, Landon. That's been what? your mild report. Yeah. Hey, old friends are, are worth reporting on. Anyway, so the actual biggest news involves someone else that has spent a significant amount of portion of their life in Rhode Island, more so, more than than Sveti did. Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> and it's not about me. <laughs> I mean, isn't it though? Like a little bit, a little tiny bit. Just, not, a, just a it's little. Not bit. entirely. Uh, not about BA. <laughs> <laughs> the Bruins signed Nolachari to a two-year one-way deal. To the tuna, seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Now, this is big because um, it's a one-way deal. He's still not waiver eligible, despite being on a one-way deal, because those are unrelated things. So it means if he, he could be sent down with no risk of losing him still. But they'd be paying him full value, which means they plan on keeping him in Boston. Yay! Chari is a permanent fixture on this team, and I think we all knew that coming out of the playoffs. Yes, we did. If he was fucking great during, the, dur- dur- during that all-too-short run. He really hasn't had a time with the big club when he wasn't really great either. Um, he's, a, he's a great fourth-liner. 
when he, we, well, he stumbled a little bit when he first came back from injury, which is why he got sent back down this year. But then he came back fucking true, guns of placing. <laughs> yeah, because remember, he scored his first NHL goal in that game against the Predators. And who was there? You were VA. I was. You saved it for me. It was touching. I loved it. I only hope that he's listening right now so he knows. Very excited about that. I wasn't expecting him to be signed so quickly. I know that they had just qualified, you know, had qualified. A lot of people. Yeah. Qualifying offers. Um, Yeah. So, um, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, you know, he was an easy contract compared to some of the others. Um, Obviously, the team knew they wanted him in Boston. He's still a fourth liner. He still doesn't put up points. So they knew he was going to be cheap. And I'm sure he's just pumped to be part of pro part of the big club so yeah it was an easy con- it was, that wasn't going to be an easy contract to work out probably the easiest of all of our rfa contracts excellent i'm very excited yeah it's great i i really like noel Achar. he's just so much fucking fun to watch he is he's, he's you know who he's a lot like and i think this is a big part beyond the Rhode islandness and part of why you like him he may be a forward but he's a lot like johnny boychuk booming lethal clean hits i'd like that. in short i wait for him to send jvr back in time just like johnny did Oh, that would be so great. Yeah, that would be, be awesome. I, I, I still have, I, that hits my favorite thing I've ever seen. Open ice, center ice, glove ends up in the freaking upper balcony. <laughs> and they throw it back. <laughs> oh, it was so great. So at first, when I saw Achari with the 55, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I found out he was from Rhode Island. I'm like, uh, still, I don't know. And then I saw him and I was like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I associate some of the same things. You know, and he's not going to be a huge scorer. Neither was Johnny. And that's fine. I love him. So, yes. And here's the thing about him, too. He, he plays. He's not that. He's, he's, he's a built, but he's not a big guy. He's only 5'10", which is not NHL tall. He's also 5'10", 208, so he's built like an actual bus. <laughs> that's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> which is why when he hits... It just like it's like again like getting hit by a bus because um there's a lot of power behind that and he's not so tall so it's harder for him to hit people in the head. So my my favorite pictures of Noel Chari because you know every once in a while I have to post a picture of him doing something if I am talking about him in the morning threads. My favorite ones are where he's hitting someone. <laughs> that, that's that's one of his that, that's the thing he does a lot so. But, you know, doesn't put himself out of position for it. A lot of guys that hit a lot do that all the fucking time. No, no, no. He never takes himself out of the play in the process. Just mows the guy over and resumes his business. I'm going to hit you right now. Okay. See ya. And I'm going to keep playing. You're going to lay on, on, on the ice crying, though. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be asking nearby skaters for my license plate number. <laughs> I'm going to cover up one of the fives. <laughs> <laughs> And he's such a strong possession guy too. Like if he's if there that lines in the new the defensive zone, you know you're going to get an offensive zone out of it at the end of their shift. They just they go forward, and he's a big reason because of that because he can just run a guy over. And yeah, exactly. And you know what? With now that Dominic Morris moved on elsewhere, we know we're seeing Nash Chari insert left wing here in the fourth line. Schaller. We'll see. Crawley. Crawley. <laughs> Crowley would be my first choice. I think Schaller's a good 13th forward, to be honest. Yeah, mine too, but New Hampshire. You know, we have this insane Rhode Island-New Hampshire rivalry going. I, I get to like them both. <laughs> Somebody gets to and, sit on the fence. And we have a Haligonian on the team, too. And Quaid played for the Subway Wolves. It all works out for me. <laughs> uh, everything's coming up roses for you. Or should I say roses? Roses. 
Broses. I stand okay. by it. Broses. <laughs> yes, Achari sign. Of course, we still want Pasta B sign soon ish. Which is related. We we should mention the um, uh, Achari signs. Pasta, of course, obviously was qualified. Um, we also mm-hmm. extended QOs to Ryan Spooner, Tim Schaller, Austin Zarnick, Zane McIntyre, and of all the list, interestingly, Malcolm Zuban. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. don't get me wrong. I think it's because Zuban's too valuable to let walk, which is why they did it. But right. I. I don't know what the plan there is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Subban's only 23. He's a baby in goalie years. He's younger than he's younger than Zane. Right. But at the same time, he's probably going to be backing up Zane unless Hudobin goes bye-bye. If Zane comes into camp the way he's been playing in Peabroads this year, I don't see how he doesn't end up being our backup in the fall, regardless of, of Hudobin's contract. Because incidentally, apparently the team, the team can bury more money this year it'll be up to a little over a million rather than just 950,000. Why is that? It's, uh, I don't remember the details. It has to do with, because part of this, the deal of this contract is league minimum was going to creep up over the course of the contract, and the variable amount was league minimum plus a certain amount. So, yeah, so most very little, so very little of Dobby's contract would, would not get buried potentially if, uh, if uh, Zane outplays him. So yeah, we got those those um, five RFAs to work with to, to work out six RFAs to still work out contracts with, and the reason they're gonna be trickier than Achari is um well okay Spooner is a whole kettle of fish. Um, so arbitration eligible? Yeah, yes, Spooner, Schaller, uh, Zarnik, and Zane are all arbitration eligible. Suban and Pasta are not. I really hope Spooner doesn't go to an arbitration hearing. That yeah, I don't think that goes well for the team. I yeah. think you would get you would get way more than the team would want in that, just because of his point number totals over the last couple. My, of years. my theory at this point maybe is the team signs him, starts with him as three C, keeps him keeping an eye on JFK, and then do an in season trade for defensive for left defensive help maybe with Spooner with with contract perhaps. So I think the window to get anything meaningful for his rights is sailed. Probably. Yeah, I think I think. With him being qualified and everything, and him still being on the team right now, I think it's a good chance that he's just on this team to start the year. I, I don't think he finishes the year next year on the team, and I like Ryan Spooner. I always have, but you know, I mean, the writing's on the wall. We know that this his time here is finite now. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Pasternak, we know, is going to get minimum six million. The question's how long. Yeah, it sounds like the matter is about term at this I point. I mean, I'm sure the, the team wants the wants eight years out of him, but he rightfully doesn't wouldn't want eight years because that eats up several years of UFA. Don't get me wrong; you would still only be freaking twenty nine and, and and likely to get a fuck ton of money when it expired. So, but you never know. I don't. So we'll blame him. Oh, I don't blame him either. But uh, at the same time, I mean, six million a year for eight years when you're twenty one. I mean, at six million, there's not a lot of players on this team making more than that. No, in fact, only um four. When they sign him, I think as long as it's at least six years, it's a win for the team. I think it'll be somewhere between six and eight years, and I think either way, he's not getting more than six though. Just look at Brad's contract. Oh and no, the team's gonna, the team's going to throw that right back at him every time, right? Too is like you're not getting more than six million. Look what we're paying Brad Marchand. We think you're wonderful, but you're not Brad yet. But that begs the question, though. A lot of times in in sports, you're paying for a previous what a, what a player has previously done. Would you pay him more for what he could potentially do? Because can he potentially do more? You know, that's not a thing you like ever see in hockey, though. So it's hard to say. Interesting to note, also, Pasta, by virtue of being an RFA, is not eligible for any sort of trade protection. 
it can kick in after he hits 27, but before that, none can be on the contract. Not that it's relevant, it's just something to note. I hate to say it, but I'm kind of I kind of enjoy having players not have trade protections. I like I like limited no trades. I understand it. You know, players should have the right to have some say in their fates. But I wouldn't. I, I'm against anything that protects more than say half the then half the league. Like you can, you know, I would say a player shouldn't be able to get protection for more than from 15 teams. Mm. Um. I'm not opposed to no movements. I would say modified no movements even. Yes, okay, a player maybe doesn't want to make, wants to make sure that, well, no movements are weird too. No one could have expected expansion when they did a lot of these, so that wasn't really one of the concerns. The concern for no movements about being waived. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you can have a no movement and no NTC, and therefore just not be able to get waived, but you can be traded to anywhere. Mm. So no movements I get, but most players that are given them, are ones that it doesn't matter because they're not ones that are going to get waived anyway. Right. Um, Chiarelli giving no movements, full no movements to Chris Kelly and Seidenberg. Okay, that's, that's grayer area. I'm not really sure why you're giving no movement to players that far down the down the depth chart. But you get my you get my point though. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's again, they wouldn't be eligible for that for some time anyway. So it's what it is. For our other RFAs, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Tim Schaller was good. He's still not going to get more than a million because he's still a fourth liner. I would give him, I would offer him, you know, nine fifty for a year, which is a raise over what he just made, I believe. Mm. I think so. It was what eight seventy five. He made six hundred this past year. Oh no, kidding! Wow. Yeah. So a not so so a nine hundred fifty thousand salary would be a sizable raise for you know what proved good. Remember, this is his first even cl- even kind of full NHL season, right? He played fifty nine games this year. His previous NHL. Experience were 17 games in 15, 16, 18, and 14, 15, and that is it. So he played more than he had cumulatively before that. Um, and the others, well, again, I think they're all going to be one years. Zarnik, Zane, and Subban. I can see them giving multiple years to Zane, maybe. You know, sort of. Yes, it's a train. <laughs> it was the Zane train. It agreed with you or disagreed, depending. Like, on actually, come to think of it, yes, I would give Zane two years probably. Say, so look. Either you make you make backup this year or you're backup the year after. Two so years, one point five. Two years, maybe the first year be a two way just in case. But give them but give them one way the, the second year. It's what they did the last Chapman contract that didn't work out, but that was what they were going for at the time. Yeah. Malcolm and Zarnik, I'd give them both a year. Zarnik, it's important to note. Um, I don't know if he's he hasn't played enough games yet. And if he'll be twenty five by the time by the beginning of next June, yes, because he turns twenty five in December. So Zarnik, unless he plays a pile of games next year, is going to be UFA in a year anyway. He'll be a type six, unless he, I think it's 80 games for forward before they're 25. Don't you think it's ridiculous that there are so many different types of UFA? Like, I mean, me, there's good like, there's good reasons for all of them, but I understand your point, yes. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to have to have an MBA to understand any of this stuff. <laughs> the reasoning behind this one basically is that a team can't, you know, stifle a player forever. But they do. I mean, the players that usually get affected by these, um, but by the Type Six, are guys that came out of the NCAA, so they got they joined, they went pro late. I know. I'm used to somebody being 54 years old and having given up their first son before they be- become an UFA. That's what I'm used to. It's it's wrong. I'm I'm exaggerating, obviously, but it seems to take a long time for somebody to become a UFA. It used to be worse before the the big lockout. It was 30. Pippi agrees with me, by the way. <laughs> 
It's kind of like that with most sports, though. Anyway, Cesarnik's played 49 NHL games, which is actually more this year than I thought he had. Um, so he's just got to play another 31 this coming year. But I don't think there's a guarantee Zarnik makes the makes the roster out of camp. There's too many other prospects that are probably um, uh, champing at the bit for that that roster spot. Well, he's a center, right? He's a center, and I think he's played some. They put him on the right wing some, but it wasn't. Yeah, because he's a right shot center. Um, yeah. Now, of course, with the Hayes buyout, there is um, a lot of there is okay. There's still only one right um, a right wing spot open. That's the three right wing. But you got to figure. You know, Bjork's played some right wing, although he's left shot. You have basically Zarnik, Vitrano, Heinen, DeBrusque, and Bjork competing for two to three wing spots. Yeah. And I'm convinced that Bjork was promised a spot right away. Yeah, I'm reasonably confident that one of them is Bjork's. So, and again, it might, and three's only if, you know, Gillespie just gets made fourth line left wing, which is not my preference. You know, the real shame is that Austin Zarnik down in Providence is speedy and fast and all these wonderful things. And he gets to the big club and it's kind of lost up there. He's, like, he's, he's so tiny, right? Like he's tiny and slight. He's 5'9", 160. So it's not like Krug, who's small, but, you know, he's got, got, has got some build to him. Um, and he's not, he's good, he's fast, he's skilled but he's not skilled enough to make it work. You know, the really the really tiny guys, your Johnny Gaudreaux, have to be super fucking skilled to make their speed and size work for them in this in this league. And Zarnik has definitely has the speed. I just don't think he has the skill. Mm. He seems like a perpetual, like, 4A, 13 forward type player. For- he's, he's, a, he's probably a, one of the proverbial, proverbial quadruple-A player, yeah. So, RFAs, Zarnik, one-year contracts for probably Zarnik and, uh, for, for Zarnik and Subban. I say try for two on, uh, on, on, on Malcolm, on Zane, rather. Um, I guess we'll quickly note who of the RFAs was not qualified. Oh, yeah. We're close with the one that matters, but um, um, two of the guys in Providence who are RFAs were not qualified. Um, poor, poor Brian Furlan. Oh, yeah. Such a fucking sad story because he was a fun player to watch. Had some skill to him. Oh well. He did get he did get picked up by the by the uh, Oilers to presumably play for the Bakersfield Condors. Mm-hmm. And the other one, the other RFA of no of, of little note, little import that we didn't uh, um, uh, QO Q, yeah, um, uh, qualify was um, Hargrove. Yes, I used to like to call him Captain Caveman, not because <laughs> his name started with Cave, because they have a Colby Cave down in Providence, but because he looked like a caveman he did look like he'd gone feral yes he's from texas if that means anything he looked kind of like a caveman i didn't really notice him too much on the ice i think he might have scored a couple times when i was watching he had a good he had a good first season in providence but was a non-factor this past year if i recall and he's a real big fan of world star videos on twitter (laughs) okay okay Um, and one person I forgot, but I think that it was, uh, they did qualify Linus, I think. Did they? No. To keep his rights, yes. Mm, yes, yes, they yes. did. But he's fucked off to Europe, much like Coco a year ago. Right. Sweeney had announced last week that he was going to qualify him to retain his rights. My guess is he doesn't come back to North America. He's hoping that Linus will go over and find his game and find his way back. I'm not holding my breath. That, yeah, neither am I. It's, it's fine. How are you doing, Anthony? Anthony. I've got a new Swede defenseman in Providence that I can latch on to in Emilio Hansen, so okay. I'll be okay. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess for, in terms of other Providence and moving on news, um, 
Chris Casto went um, uh, Type 6 UFA and is now gone. He ended up in Vegas, right? Yes, he did. He's yep. now in Vegas, so he'll be playing in uh, for the Chicago Wolves. Tyler Randall went uh, also went Type 6 UFA. Or he may have gone straight up UFA. I'm not sure which. doesn't matter. He was UFA, and he signed with... The Sens. Yes. So he'll be playing in with the Belleville Senators, because their team, their affiliate is moving to Belleville, Ontario. It used to be at uh, Binghamton, New York. Right. Um, where he's uh, reuniting with fellow uh, former um, uh, AH um, Pebro and Ben Sexton. So the sofa and the fire hydrant are reunited. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Tyler Randall in his 66%. It sounds much filthier than I mean it to. It was just, uh, we were trying to find a, I remember I was, they, were, they were both playing on a line with Ronaldo, I think, in a in a, in a preseason game, not this season, but the previous season. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's a line with, it was a line with Ronaldo, a sofa, and a fire and a fire hydrant. I don't even think I ever established whether Ronaldo or, or Sexton was the sofa or which was the fire hydrant. You mean but, Randall or Sexton? You said Ronaldo. Yes, yes. Sorry, I meant Randall. On a related note, Ronaldo has also moved on and uh, is signed to a two-way contract with the Coyote to presumably punch people on behalf of the Tucson Roadrunners. Is he still suspended five games? He might have burned a couple of them last season, last year's preseason. I don't know, but I think he still has some, at least some time to serve at the NHL level. I was just curious. I didn't know. I guess uh, beyond that, Alex Grant eh, also signed with Minnesota. Boo. Hey, he's going to be with Sveti. He's going to be happy. He doesn't know Sveti. They, no, they had no overlap whatsoever. <laughs> he's going to know him and he's going to be happy to know him. Because that's how it is in Tim's Sveti world. Everyone is happy to know Sveti. I mean, all three Bruins of Ghosts of Bruins passed there that just signed there. None of them overlapped. Sveti, Lando, and Grant were, none of them were in the organization at the same time ever. <laughs> yeah, but they're all going to be best friends now. Buddy said come. Book it. I'd watch it. Book it, Lando. And then I guess the last Providence news is, um, I guess, um, you know, just a few, uh, a few assorted uh, Bruin only contracts. I guess um, uh, Chris Porter and uh, Chris Breen both got renewed and are going to continue being Providence Bruins. Yes, 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 yes. I did see that too. That's, that's Which I fine. guess segues into how the Bruins acted in free agency writ large, doesn't it? Very cleanly, in fact, because of Jordan Schwarz. <laughs> Let's have a game. It's called... <laughs> Can you say this name? All right, I'm going to type it out. Okay. So listeners, Jordan S-Z-W-A-R-Z. Oh, say it the right way. I did say it the right way, didn't oh, I? S- no, you said Z. Fine. Stop being S-Z- Canadian. S-Z-W-A-R-Z. Okay. Schwarz? Oh, God, that's Vinka. Okay, okay. Everybody say that name. Anthony. Swars. Jeff, say it again. Schwarz. That one, I'm just being stupid. I know for a fact that's definitely not right. <laughs> Tim. It's definitely Sars because he's... That's what I'm going with. It's Sars. I'm going to say Schwarz. It's probably actually the closest to right, my guess. Yeah, because um, I'm usually pretty good at these things. And now I'm going to look up the... Oh, it's French? What? That can't be right. No, His name is Jordan, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Born in Burlington, Ontario. Oh, he's a good old Ontario He's a good boy. old boy. Burlington's a Toronto suburb-ish, too, so he's a good old, sort of close enough to being a good old Toronto boy. This is important. We need to do this. I'm going to see if I do this. I need to unplug for a minute. Let's see if it'll do it. Did you get that? <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> It is Schwarzetz. It's What? Yes, it is French. There's like half as many letters as you need to make those noises. <laughs> I swear to God, it's how to pronounce French.com and type it in and it's got some weird name. So you didn't hear that at all, huh? That's too bad. 
think it I've came. got a how to pronounce. It's not French. Well, six. That spelling looks, you know, like we Eastern were European. Wrong, apparently, but we're all just going to call him Schwartzy, okay? Yeah. So, anyway, so so he got he was on an AHL only contract last year. Yep. Uh, did quite well for the for the P Bruins. He came in on a uh, AT on an um, ATO a uh, amateur tryout. amateur tryout offer and uh, made the team partway through the season. Played uh, 65 regular season games, scored 22 goals and 32 assists. So 54 points in 65, not bad. It's actually his best AHL season. AHL season prior to that, he'd been in the uh, Coyotes system before going uh, Type Six UFA. And then in the playoffs this year, he scored uh, six goals, five assists in 13 games played. So he was kind of important for the offense for the for the, for the this past year. And so he's been given an actual. I mean, it's an NHL contract technically. We pretty, I think we can be reasonably confident he's not going to play any NHL games, but it's a two-way. Pays him 650000 at the NHL level. So, uh, clearly, that's the uh, my league minimum this year, not seven hundred, based on that evidence. And he pays uh, 150000 at the minors. So, they're paying him pretty... They're, they're compensating him pretty generously at the, at the AHL level. Less than Tommy Cross, I think. But, yeah, still. He scored um, two goals in that last uh, home Eastern Conference final game for the Calder Cup. I was there. I saw it. Okay. Yeah, he seemed to have been pretty good there. Good fit. So um, happy to have him back. Um, between him and some of these other uh, long-term AHL veterans we have returning, you know, so obviously a Tommy Cross and uh, they just um, they just re-signed, uh, I said, Chris Porter and, um, and Chris Breen. Because we're going to have a shit ton of, of rookies in, in Providence next year. I thought you were going to say we're going to have a shit ton of Chris's, but yes, lots of rookies. Yeah, Sinishin, Gabriel, Lauzon, Zaboral, Johansson, possibly Kapanen. That was a little vague whether he was going to stay in North, be in North America next year or go back to Europe again. Who am I missing? Uh, Bjork, potentially. JFK, potentially. Probably not McAvoy, although all those three of them are probably in, in Boston. So, and uh, Johansson. So that's a lot of AHL rookies next year. So having these veterans with them is going to be good for them. Yep. And now our two other UFA movements in free agency during the free agent frenzy yesterday also actually potentially have some impact in terms of providence as well because both of them could conceivably end up there yeah well the first one i would imagine yes for sure okay so the first signing the bruins made was um uh Kenny Agostino. He was the uh, the AH the AHL um, uh, um, uh, MVP last year with the Chicago Wolves. So the Blues, the San Luis Blues affiliate. Twenty four goals, fifty nine assists in sixty five games. And uh, then he was uh, he went five five and ten in ten games played in the AHL playoffs. Bruins got him signed. He's on a one way contract um, to the tune of. $875,000. It implies pretty heavily that they intend to have him at the at the, at, at the NHL level, not the AHL, but that is a variable, num- variable number as well. Um, right. He's a, he's a left wing, left shot, an area we have a lot of, so I'm not sure what their intentions are there. But it's an interesting move, just because he did that in the AHL last year, and he's got some decent AHL history before that. 57 points in 65 games in 15-16, and 43 in 67 in 14-15, which was his first um, pro season, where he was signed because he uh, came out of Yale, so he played with Rob O'Gara on the champion on the game where they won the um, uh, where, where they won the NCAA and the Frozen Four. And uh, interestingly, he wasn't originally a Flames prospect. He was part of what they got of, of what the Flames got for Jerome Ginla from the Pens. Oh, who's laughing now, Pittsburgh? <laughs> we also we swept that series, motherfuckers. <laughs> but you said that he played with the Chicago Wolves. Yes. Okay. So so he um. Uh, so he played four years in, in at Yale and then went pro. 
signed with the Flames because he was a flame because he was Flames property at that point. Played two games, played eight games, scored two points in his in, right away when he signed to burned a year, and then did two years in the Flame system um, in Adirondack, and then Stockton after they started the Western the Western Conference there. Um, at which point he went. At which point I have to look at the ages. He either went to Type Six UFA or wasn't. Wait, no, here it is. He, he didn't receive a qualifying offer, though. Okay. Right? No, 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 no. Hang on. Yes. Didn't receive a QO at the end of 1516 and signed with St. Louis St. Louis last year during free agency. Oh. That's so why he was in the so – that's, that's why he was with the Chicago Wolves for one season. And now he just went – um, uh, group six UFA, so the uh, over twenty five, not enough NHL games played, and so we signed him as a UFA. Interestingly, though, um, when this contract's open up in a year, because he's only twenty five now, and so he'll be twenty six the end of next season, because he's already passed the twenty five, he will still be an RFA unless he doesn't play eighty games. Mm. All right, I, I just wanted to see how long he had been with Chicago, I guess, and uh, I, I I wanted to make a greater point about what the fuck is St. Louis doing, but then there really is no point, so it's okay. Yeah, he only. <laughs> We played what's it seven games with the Blues last year. He went uh, one, two, and three in that seven games. Yeah, see, I I wanted to say like, oh, St. Louis is exploding or imploding, or but they're not. That's because no. Tim destroyed them a long time ago. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, they're no but longer a thing. But they're rising from the ashes like freaking Lazarus here. You know, I mean, they managed to get freaking Pittsburgh to pay a first and a decent prospect for fucking Ryan Reeves at the draft. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that one. But like, like, it completely justifies that weird choice of protecting Ryan Reeves in expansion. <laughs> And I guess so. So we'll see what happens. He's on a one-way contract, so clearly the Bruins are planning on giving him a shot at the at the NHL level. Keeping in mind, say Tim Schaller was only a two-way contract, and he ended up playing his way on the team. Everyone sort of shrugged him off as a as a as Providence fodder when he signed. So who knows what to expect with Agostino? Right. It's a one-way contract. Does he need to clear waivers to go down? Um, he is. Yes, he does. But has not. That has nothing to do with it being the one-way contract, though. Okay, gotcha. One one-way and two-way contracts have nothing to do with waiver eligibility. I think we should have a podcast, basically, where Jeff tells us about all of the different possibilities <laughs> for waiver eligibility and not and all that stuff. Because um, I really need to study this stuff. <laughs> we could call it "Listen Up, Nerds." <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've established that we're all fucking nerds. It's okay. We just call we can just call that episode Nerdlingers. <laughs> Nerdlingers? One word. Yes. I, Haven't I, heard that before? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I feel on. old. Okay. That's that's like an eighties thing. I've <laughs> like, never I'm pretty sure I've seen that in John Hughes movies. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't. I've watched a few of them more than once. Anyway, okay, so um how about this Paul Postma guy? Postma Postma. The postman without the end. Sam Paul. I mean, really, it looks like it's lazy, doesn't it? It's like, I couldn't be bothered to put the N at the end of postman. So it's just postma. Yeah. Give me the postma. Oh, on the other, on the flip side, it's probably a terrible thing to have post in your name if you're a hockey player. <laughs> There's a reason he's not a goaltender. <laughs> oh, did you see on Pete Blackburn's Twitter yesterday where Pete was like, what the hell is a Paul Postma? <laughs> and some guy posted a, a, a gif or a gif, depending on where you fall on this argument, of him getting like <laughs> slammed into by uh, David Backus, who slams him into the post, and the goal goes askew. He goes off into the wall, and <laughs> Backus negated his own goal. <laughs> 
<laughs> by doing that. It was a beautiful one. It was when, when, when Bacchus was with the blues. So, you know, it was probably an ill-timed check and Postman didn't resist. <laughs> okay, so he's gotten cleaned out by, by Bacchus at least once. Many, not many players can cl- can't claim that. Um, <laughs> so he was uh, drafted in um, uh, 2007, the uh, seventh round, uh, 205th overall by Atlanta. So high hopes. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's played, spent the last bunch of years in the um, uh, in the Winnipeg system. Good news, everyone. Um, he's a 28 right shot defenseman, which is an interesting signing choice. We'll get to that in a minute. 6'3", 195, so he's tall, but kind of but kind of stringy by the sounds of it. Okay, he's just instilling me with tons of confidence. He's been wiped out by Bacchus. He was drafted by Atlanta. He played for Winnipeg, the system in Winnipeg, not even the big club. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. He's been with the big club, when, big club for some years. You know. It's just when you said, good news, everyone. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's not going to be good news at all. <laughs> I have been on a Futurama re rewatch, and I'm really sad that the first six seasons are gone. Thanks, Fox. Fuck you, Fox. Take yeah. away all your oh, Fox yourself, content. Fox. Motherfuckers. He really does go flying. <laughs> <laughs> How did he survive that? <laughs> it's a beautiful sequence. Really, everybody, look it up. Maybe I'll retweet it. Why did Bacchus just... even do it though? Like he would have scored. I, d- I don't know. Because Postman was—he figured Postman was the only person in between him and scoring that goal. And I think he thought, "I'll just take him out." But to be he... fair, Andres uh, Pierre Pavlik was in net, so yes, Postman was in fact the only person between him and scoring that goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pavlik is the only other. The only other. The only other thing I can think of is Postma was doing his best impression of a jet there and just flying off. Just, Paul Postma. He's played bits and pieces of seasons with the Jets going back as far as 11-12. Even played a game when it was still when it was still Atlanta. So he's been he's been around a long time, I guess. Best it's coming off his best season uh, points wise, actually. Got uh, 14 points in 65 games in uh, pretty low minutes, very low minutes. If you look at his hero charts on the puck, on the puck, his ice time is hilariously hilariously low. But on the whole, he actually outperforms the standard third pair defender in most other metrics for goals, first assists, and uh, shots he generates. His shot suppression's not bad, but he may be a decent partner for, like, Kevin Miller. Okay, who would be on Um, the left side in this combo. Yes, most likely. Kevin Miller has demonstrated ability to play on the left, which is unusual for right shot defensemen because usually they're in short supply and don't have to switch over to the other side, whereas left shot D have to play on the right side considerably more often. Mm. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. He's he's an interesting signing. They signed him for $725,000, so if he doesn't work, they can Irwin him. Yeah. Oh, Irwin. Yep. <laughs> and it, I mean, depth defensemen are always good things. I mean, we saw what happened in the playoffs. We were 10 deep at one point. So sure. we, we, it's we, never I a was, bad thing to have more defensemen. We but dressed is Tony it, Cross for a playoff game. Yeah. Like, no. It's like, <laughs> that, it's, like, it's like that 2010 series against the Flyers where we ended up having to dress freaking Lane McDermott. Not Lane McDermott. I'm on the right track, though. Give me a minute. Trent See, Whitfield. That's yes. the name I'm looking for. Because <laughs> Trent Whitfield was part of two 0-3 or 3-0 collapse teams. The only hockey player to ever be, be part of the two because there's only been you know one AHL and then four in the in the NHL so to, to date no, five five now what, oh, I thought we were the fourth okay 
Oh. No, I thought we were third, rather. Okay, anyway. Maybe. Just happened. There's no yeah. There's only been one in baseball. Suck it, Yankees. Yeah. Glorious day to hate New York. And there's never been one in basketball. No. Shooting, it, they don't. Anyway, so he can be buried. Whatever. We need the depth. I, I he just, always delivers. I just, I wanted to point out that it's always a glorious day to hate the Habs. Yeah. Suck it, Joe Morrow. Poor, poor Joe Morrow. He can't get the fuck away from Claude. The sun's not even coming out, Joe Morrow. It's, I'm sorry, it's just not. I, w- I, w- I want to think his, his his agent signed him there. He's like, Joe, I got you. I got your job. Great, where? Montreal. Wait a minute. He's like, You're yeah, fired. cool, Montreal. I can do this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's something I can't remember. Come, can't put my finger on about Montreal that I, 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 you know, I'm trying to remember what it is. Hmm. Oh, Claude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Claude. Um, that's that's that, that's not good news for Joe Morrow. Joe Morrow would play on their AHL team. It's funny because I just picture Joe Morrow sitting in his like apartment and then all of a sudden being like something bad's happened. <laughs> 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 I, I'm a picture of like, oh crap, I gotta find out what Bergevin likes on his nachos. Uh, Actually, no, Bergevin's in Montreal, probably it's poutine duty right there, rather. Right, what does he like on his poutine? Tell me, what does he oh. like on his poutine? With how he bad Bergevin's been lately, I bet he doesn't even do poutine right. Yeah, he dips his in ketchup. Ugh. I mean, that's a very French thing to do, is actually put ketchup also on poutine. I don't understand what? it. What? It's an incredibly Quebecois thing to do. It's like, you already got multiple ter- multiple uh, condiments on there, we gotta put more, you're gonna put ketchup on it now? Why? Oh, thank God I never saw that while I was up there. But then again, I was never in Quebec City. I had at least one ex-girlfriend that did that. I called her out hard on it, too. I was like, what the fuck are you doing that for? You don't need ketchup on this. And her explanation is like, I'm French. (laughs) I'm just like, no, she that's was, a cop out. She was a child. She she was at the, the Habs one. What Actually, she wasn't. She was a different one. I mean, uh, the Habs fan um, um, was celiac and it was hard to find gluten-free gravy, so it didn't eat poutine, if I recall. Was, it, was it a gluten allergy? Or was it just... Diagnosed celiac, legit celiac. Oh, okay. Well, I can understand that. But anyway. Anyway, yes. So, Joe Morrow now feeds nachos and or poutine and or somewhere in between to Mark Bergevin, who, um, I just, I'm just, I've just been laughing at the Habs for like two days. Poochos! Poochos! It's Poochos! It's gravy and curds on tortilla chips. Yes, Poochos! (laughs) Nachin? Yeah, I was thinking about Nachin, but I like Poochos better. (laughs) Yeah. Although Poochos sounds like it could have dog meat on it. But yeah, um, but yeah, the, the, the Habs did all sorts of dumb things. They freaking signed um, Carl Alsner for like five fucking years. Yeah, he's old and a lot of money. I mean, he's not that old. Like he's he's about he's, he's only like twenty eight or twenty nine right now. But uh, I thought so, he was older than that. I think he was uh, in his thirties. No, he's not that old. Um, but he's the big thing with freaking Carl Alsner like is. He is. Yes. Is here's what it call you know what Carl Alsner is? He's Adam McQuaid with a good PR team. Adam McQuaid is Tory Krug and is left to make him look better. Well Carl Alsner has been playing with like a variation of Matt Niskanen and John Carlson to get to make it to fly that one and to fly that flag. The problem is he's now gonna play with Shea Weber. And I tweeted yesterday, I am supremely proud of this one. The Weber Alsner pairing will be like an immovable object failing to hit another immovable object because they are both immovable objects. <laughs> That breakout pass is going to be sweet. (laughs) Carl Alsner is also a chapter in the Take Your Eye Off the Puck book. The most boring chapter, because he talks about a day in the life of a player. And boy, I got to tell you, whatever we say about players and what they do during the day is far more exciting than what they actually are. Well, it's Carl. I reject your reality and embrace my own. 
I mean, we did consider or did confirm that Yager was a time traveling dick wizard, so I bet his days are very exciting. Well, right now he's posting random videos on Twitter trying to get a job. I just want to say that he said something about how he keeps making all these phone calls to all these different teams, and I wanted to say, no, those are all your ex girlfriends. So you're getting it all mixed up. He might be, but NHL, give Yager a job. He's got baby mamas to pay. Do you have how much freaking um, child support you have to pay when you're a tra- time traveling dick wizard? All of it. All of it. <laughs> Not only past, but he has to think about the future too. Yeah, he has to account. He has to account for inflation. I really was hoping that he could be on the same line as his son, Brandon's son. <laughs> Yager posted a video with a with his own bobblehead saying, "Someone tell him he doesn't play for the Panthers." <laughs> Poor guy. He just wants a team. So I guess there's been one other thing about the Bruins floating around, um, and I don't know how serious it is because it was only coming out of the guy reporting it is now a beat reporter for either team actually involved. Uh, he's not a beat reporter. Portsline is a beat reporter for the for the Blue Jackets. Right. He's a very credible guy. He's a very credible guy. One of the better beat reporters in the league. But he was the one t- tweeting the possibility that tweeting like, well, it sounds like the um, you know because the Bruins have been, they've been saying the Bruins are in talks again with with um uh, the um with the Abs. Um, not about Landis Gog, thank fuck. Just literally no place on this team for land for, for Gabriel Landis. Jeff is about ready to break my heart. So he's going. Well, on. Hang on. No. So, so, there's things that are positive here eventually, VA. Don't you worry. Um, I know. I'm just kidding. So, 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 um, uh, you said Adam Port's landing and a beat writer for the Blue Jackets, you know, the one of the other teams that are been actively talking to the Avs about uh, Matt Duchene. Yep. Um, and uh, said, you know, it sounds like the, and this is important phrasing, the Avs ask has once again been Carlo. So today on Twitter, there's been a lot of chatter about the merits of making that trade. It's a very polarizing one. I honestly am not sure what side I fall on. Also, I did read like an hour. It was tweeted out an hour before we started recording uh, by Ty Anderson. That, I saw I was getting there too. Yeah. yeah, Carlo seems to be a non-starter at this point for the Bruins. So they don't want to get rid of him. I was going to tell Jeff that the way that he should fall on this argument is the one that makes me happy. Not that I want Here's- you guys to be blackmailed into feeling certain ways, but I'm just going to say right now that the the continuation of the show might depend upon Carlo staying here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my piece and I think you're not gonna be unhappy with what I how I how I put this. But wait me out please, okay? So on the one case and I'm gonna have I'm gonna preface all this with I like Carlo. I like Carlos play a lot. He has a lot of potential. Um, the kid senses, but among most observers, that he's not never going to be a number one. Now that not said, he doesn't need to be a number one here. We have Charlie McAvoy. We have Tori Krug, who, despite the continued insistence by at least one certain beat writer who's an imbecile, is already a number one defenseman, and um, and that's fine. He's a good defenseman. Importantly, he's a good red shot defenseman. He will be an excellent staple on the second pair or a foil to a puck moving left um, left hand first pairing guy. Now that said, there's a strong case to be made. It's like, oh, but Matt Duchesne's this, this strong scoring talent. He's younger. He's got a reasonable contract for three more years at center. All these are good arguments. And the argument is that it's like, okay, if Carlo is a good, strong second pairing, you know, a 3-4-D, that's replaceable. I'm not so sure I buy that argument completely. But I hear it, and I'm sympathetic. That said, I do think there's a certain amount of making Matt Deschino out to be more than he is in that in that argument. And the fact that Carlo is a right shot D, the fact that he is 20, the fact that he's shown this much pro- progress while playing his playing his rookie season, 
I think it would be a foolish trade unless it was straight up. And that's actually impossible for salary reasons. If it was Carlo plus anything, fuck that. Here's my other thing about I think, Carlo. I think, Sophia, are you, are you comfortable with my solution, with my answer there? Because my if is basically a scenario that's not going to happen because Zachary's not going to sign on to that. I don't need him to be the number one. I know. And I didn't, I'm clearly saying I'm happy with him, what he is and want to keep him because you need more than one good right shot defenseman but because I, they are worth their weight in gold. I feel like we're at the point where we have to make a decision. The line of the sand was drawn last year when we, we decided that we had to make a decision whether we wanted to rebuild this defense in earnest or trade away assets. There was the rumors last season that we could trade away Carlo to get Landeskog and whatever pieces have to fit in between all that stuff. And it didn't happen then. I'm a little tired of the rumors because it's just kind of like, you know, can't I just have somebody on my team that I like Remember, you know, for around? He only comes up in trades involving specifically when in Colorado. Yeah, I know. And, and I you know why? And that's that... because Sackett keeps asking for the local guy. Yes. He'll that's sell the tickets. only reason. He'll sell tickets. Even at 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that's the only... Notice whenever a, some a potential comes up with any other team, he's not one of the names mentioned. It's yeah. exclusively Colorado, which for that reason may be worth walking away entirely from Colorado, despite the fact that, yes, Colorado has the best assets that are that have for sale signs out in front. I would love to have Duchesne on this team. I don't exactly know how he would fit, where he would fit, but... Oh, yeah, Duchesne, requiring Duchesne would have to involve a Krejci exit. Yeah, he would have to go. For salary, for ro- salary reasons, for, fo- for roster reasons, full stop. Right, and that's just not going to happen. No, it's not. Okay. Here, here's the other thing about Carlo that annoys me, and this is part of why I hate a lot of our fan base. For the last three years, we've been everyone's been clamoring how we need to trade for good young defensemen, and now that we have them, it's like let's put them in a trade and give them away. The, yeah, it, it's stupid. It's asinine. I, you know, the these best... people just did these people just watch that playoff series. Yeah, you know what? I bet you. Healthy Brandon Carlo would have made a difference. They might not have won the series, but it would have made a difference. Uh, oh, exactly. Carlo and Krug, them healthy, would have win- wins us that series. Right. Full stop. Right. But, you know, <laughs> and, like, seriously, don't talk to me about trading for a young defenseman when you've got somebody, you've got your general manager basically saying, hey, look, you know what? We think that the best way to have young defensemen is to develop them. Okay? He has made the effort to draft these guys we can't just say, ah, fuck it. Let's trade Carlo to, to the Avs because they really want him and we want something from them. We can't just keep doing stuff like that. We have to make a decision. What do we want? Do we want to build a defense or do we want to keep taking on pieces and putting together this defense that may or may not work? I understand had a good story this morning about this. Basically, um, we are actually on the brink of finally really seeing Sweeney's vision. Um, you can make a good case that both the, the Bacchus and the Bolesky signings were not his best they were not neither of them were really necessarily his best choices in general has nothing to do with the players just those signing signing anyone maybe it may, may not have been a good call in, the, in those cases he's not signing anyone of consequence yesterday the fact that he's been saying in press conferences is like you know we got the young talent i'm going to be patient now this is when it's going this is when it's going to happen we are on the brink of seeing his his vision come come together yeah his um, first batch of picks are all going pro this fall yeah i, I look he did very little yesterday and i'm okay with that fine really good with that actually because... i mean i'm I, I wish we'd gotten some kind of third pairing left d but the prices they were going for if you look at the contracts that freaking hainsey 
Glikoff. They were nuts. Yeah. Every single fucking one. Hainsey is like the only left, only defenseman that signed a contract yesterday, like a defenseman of any note that made any fucking sense whatsoever. But he's old. Yeah, he's old as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Brendan Smith got overpaid. Freaking Delzato got like three million a year or something like that. It's not. Delzato contract is one of the better ones. But yeah, but like the Kalikov contract, monstrous. Kalikov is garbage. Daly, I would have had no problem having Daly for two years. He signed for three for quite a bit of money. No. Um, goes on. I mean, Alsner, obviously, not good. The contract Chris Russell signed in Edmonton a few days last week. No. Really bad. But all of them, it's a, there's no good. Honestly, we just signed one of Paul Possum was one of the few good defenseman contracts that were signed yesterday. Yeah. Well, I, I gotta say, what did surprise me yesterday, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, or maybe we won't, is that Sean Kirk only signed a four year deal. For, for a lot pretty, of money, but. but- pretty reasonable like it's only about six and a half ish 6.65 that's a great i mean you know what i'm not even honestly that's a good number too but you know the thing is is that and i think this is the very important thing to take away from that because i did see him talk to somebody on nhl network yesterday uh kevin weeks that's who he's talking to he, he said look i had different offers from different places they you know they, they differed in term basically but i i decided i wanted to play for my hometown and we knew that right didn't we know yeah. that we knew mm-hmm. that i mean last week when when we we found out about uh ranta and uh what's its name step being shipped off to call uh to coyoteville i uh i didn't think about it at the time but it made more sense this week just as we were on the cusp of free agency, I'm like, you know what? I bet you they were clearing out space for Shattenkirk. I mean, Girardi, they bought him out too. So that's more space, but they were, they were looking to sign him. And actually he was looking to sign there. And he said yesterday, I signed a four year deal. Now I'm hoping that, you know, before the deal's up, we'll extend it for another three years. If that's how I get my seven years, that's how I get my seven years. He's only 28, you know, so he'll be 32. He won't, he left long term. He left money on the table. Right. He'll sign again. But he'll be 32. He'll get maybe $5 million then. Yeah. But he's where he wants to be. And I actually really like seeing that because even guys that go where they want to go don't take discounts to go there. Right. They usually want to be paid fully for that. Yeah. And to the Bruins fans who are upset we didn't get Kevin Shattenkirk, we already have a New Yorker right shot defenseman who played for BU on our team. Oh, McAvoy. So be happy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we didn't need Shattenkirk. We didn't. Nope. No, no. We needed him two years ago. We don't need him now. An expensive right D is not something we needed right now at all. Nope. Right. We would have no room to sign Pasternak. So, look, I'm, I'm glad that Donnie has been kind of laid back so far in the free agency. It's early, obviously. It's Honestly, just... I think making the playoffs took a lot of pressure off him from above. I yeah. think it did, too. I'm, I'm thinking Cam and Char and the Jacobses really probably, okay, he made the playoffs. They're, gonna, they're probably like, okay, good. You did what you needed to do. So there was prob- there was definitely a sense of panic in some of the signings last year, last two years. Yep, yep. But- and, he's, and, he's, and he's evolving as a GM. He's learning. It's we're not this- picking up grit anymore. Right. The most important thing is that we're not going to sign the Ronaldos again. If we're going to sign somebody who has like a little bit of grit to them and heart and all that stuff, it's going to be somebody who's actually useful. It's right? going to be a Nash or a Moore. It's not going to be another Bleski contract. Right, right. So, you know, look, I'm okay with all of this. Totally fine. But I, I really, my big thing is let's not trade away all of our young D that we need to develop. Trading, but, trading for anything right now is stupid. Right. We're, some people will, will, Ryan Lambert's a big one, so, oh, the Brewers need to be in win now or they're nothing. It's like, yes, okay, Bergeron's 31. 
Krejci's 31, Marchand's 29, Backus is 33, Rask is 29. But we have so many younger place pieces coming in. Look, we don't need to be a win now right now. A win now at this moment. We just need to be competitive. And in a year or two, all these young guys will come in, then we're back into win now. And that's if, our team's built on veterans and rookies. And, you know, if, we're trying to be. if the Red Wings and the Lightning and the Panthers, if they all want to <laughs> suck right now, it's better for us. They're all making that choice, and so is Montreal. Incidentally, speaking of Montreal... That Carey Price contract, and you don't get me wrong, Bergeron was fucked no matter which way, what he did here. Ten and a half million for eight years. Carey Price is the same age as as two, is, is 29. He'll be 30 when the contract actually starts. So he signed till ten and a half million until he's 38 with that shit defense in front of him. Ugh. And it's not enough to do with Montreal media. Also, 70 of it is, is a signing bonus. Yes, yeah, 70 is signing bonus. So it's, it, he is completely and utterly buyout proof. Also lockout proof. The signing bonuses if there's, say, a salary rollback in the inevitable 2021 lockout, are not touched. Mm. <laughs> like, and so, yeah. And again, buyout, salary, they have to pay the full value of all bonuses in a buyout, so you can only actually buy out the, uh, the rest of it. And also the cap savings are shit because of that, too. Oh, my God. So it's buyout proof. <laughs> it's buyout proof. It is lockout proof. It's trade proof. There's no way. <laughs> Who's going to take that on, too? I mean, it's, yeah, it's just... Here's the thing is um, there's only one team that has a goalie tandem that costs more than that contract right now. Is it Dallas? Yes. And that's after they bought out Niemi. So that's uh, that's just Bishop and Leighton. Auntie Niemi, the new goaltender for the Flyers? Is that who it was? No, no, no. Niemi's the backup for the Pens now. He replaced oh, Flurry. He replaced Flurry, so he's going to back up Matt Murray. Uh, some, Pil- uh, some Philadelphia, some Pennsylvania team. Who cares? <laughs> And uh, the the Flyers signed um, uh, Brian Elliott. Brian um, Elliott. Elliott and Neuwirth are actually that's a decent that's a decent enough low key um, tandem. Good for them, I guess. You know, I guess Flyers. Elliott, I was going to say Elliott will probably play like that thirty five game mark there, like you were saying, Jeff. If the Bruins were thinking about that too, so he probably puts them in a pretty decent spot to have a good year. Oh yeah, they're looking at probably forty five games for Elliott, the rest for Neuwirth, and that's probably the right spread for the two of them. <laughs> Okay. Chad Johnson went to Buffalo. Steve Mason went to Winnipeg. Um, Anders Nilsson went to Vancouver. <laughs> um, Curtis McCallany re-signed with Toronto. Elliot went to um, went to the Flyers. Miami went to the went to the Pens. I think that's all of the. Oh, and um, Pavlik went to the Rangers. Right. Uh, right. Bernie to the Bernie to the um, Avalanche Abs. and Ryan Miller. To the Ducks. Yes, I actually want to talk. He about finally that. found his way to Southern California. Okay. <laughs> now remember, I had said something like that around the trade deadline. I said, "Oh, if he ended up down in L.A., his mm-hmm. wife happens to be an actress." I had said that to us here. I had said that yesterday to my husband just after it happened. I said, "Oh, this will be great. They'll all be together down there." Uh, because I was wondering if she had lived in Vancouver at any point or not. Doesn't really matter. They're all going to be one big happy family in Southern California. So she can be an actress and he can play hockey. Uh, and and he's going to be a Picasso painting. Yeah, he's going to be a backup. And I think that's probably a good idea. It's a, it's a good idea for him at this point in his is career to, to 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 take a role like that so good for him yeah I like it when families can stay together yeah incidentally give you more credit you actually called that like in fucking november when quick was injured and we were talking about like the la needs a real goaltender yep you to be fair i think you'd, you'd heard it somewhere i don't remember who you were listening to but it, we're on here suggested uh they suggested that miller would have been a logical move to la to look at then i think i might have heard it on puck soup 
like I had heard a couple of episodes and that was one thing they were like, oh, well, what about solving the solution by getting goalies from these different places? They said Ryan Miller, but they didn't talk about his wife. I happen to know that thing. I just knew it because it's like I have this weird intersectional knowledge of things. But anyway, I was just like, yeah, I, I think it would be a great move for him. And obviously, I think it was something that he was probably looking at. So I think it's a pretty reasonable contract. He ended up there on, on there, too, like a 2.2 like million two mil- or something. Yeah, 2.2 for two years or something like that. Yeah. I mean, how old is he? Is he like 37 now or something? Um, somewhere in there. I'm working on just trying to find the ducks here on Cap Friendly. Yeah, he's 36 right now. 36 right now. Two million year. Two million a year for two years. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's, it's a good. I mean, way. that's a 35 plus contract. That's bad news. But and the deal with 35 plus contracts is you can't buy them out. You just carry the full. You can buy it out, but you carry the full cap hit for the normal length. Or if they retire, you carry the full cap hit for the normal length. You know what? As a backup, I don't think it's really going to even matter, is it? Uh, doubtful. And he doesn't have an NMC, so they can waive him if it comes down to it, too. Yeah. And he's, and he's just going down the road to San Diego to be a gull. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good deal for him. All right. So like the major moves yesterday, Alsner to Montreal, we had Shattenkirk, the big fish, to the Rangers, which was totally expected by just about everybody. Um, and Alsner, toward, in the run-up to things actually dropping, was sounding like a done deal as late as, as early as, as Friday, I think. Yeah, yeah. Can't think of any other particularly prominent uh, um, ones that were really a big deal. Class this year, anyway. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, that was a big thing in this class, actually, just, just as a general note. A lot of guys signing cheap for teams that they played for a long time ago. Oh, yeah, like Justin Williams. Well, Justin Williams actually signed for more than he just made with the Caps to go back to the um, uh, to go back to Carolina. But Oh, was it more? Oh, okay. Well, he's still, he's had- still a good he's still a good player. So, um, you know, Scott Hartnell going back to the uh, going back to Nashville. He left there he left there when they went when they had a fire sale in 2006. Yep, yep. He was drafted by them early on. So. I had no idea he was with the Preds, and I actually kind of like it. But Nash- you know what I don't like Hartnell's about- a fun player. Hartnell down south. I said that. <laughs> I know that's why I said it. I stole it. Hartnell down south. Hartnell down is um, a um, uh, charity he started for every time he falls down because he falls down a lot. Oh, that's right. So Hartnell down south. You know what I didn't like yesterday that Nashville did? They did a couple pair of weird moves. Well, they traded Colin Wilson to the Avs. To be fair, the guy had a hard fourth. time staying on the ice and from my one friend on twitter who's a a preds fan who's season ticket holder her objection with him was there's regular season colin wilson which is okay and then there's postseason colin wilson which if you can be on the ice is really great sound familiar (laughs) every team has a player like that that's my point yeah Yeah. every team has a player. i mean at least at least our guy that's like that his regular season david krejci is good right and then postseason david krejci is otherworldly right we just have to get to the postseason for that. Yeah. Okay, so there was that. But really, they signed the boy who blocked me on Twitter. I can't wait to heckle him. <laughs> and also, they did something else that, that made no fucking sense. They traded for Alexi Emelin, and they paid more than they got for Wilson. Okay, I did not know about that part. I- yeah, they acquired Emelin from, from the Golden Knights for a third. With salary retention, so his cap hit for them is only like two point nine million, rather than his normal four or five, whatever fucking ridiculousness it was his existing contract was only for one more year. Why I don't know. He's intending he's going to bump either Yannick Weber or Matt Irwin out of the lineup. I have to, I, I assume. What is he a left or a right? Um, give me a moment. Yemelin is a lefty. 
which means he would bump Irwin. Irwin was a good soldier for them last year. Yeah, because he started the season in in there in Milwaukee, didn't he? He got he got called up after a while. Yeah, and he stayed. Yeah, when um, what was it after Matt Carl, you know, decided this wasn't working and then retired midseason? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what they're doing there. The alternative, and I've seen this on Twitter, I don't buy this for a minute. It's like, well, this is in case they need to trade Matt, 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 Matt Eckholm in order to acquire Duchene. It's like, okay, yeah, they could probably use a guy like Duchene. But at the same time, um, two things. Um, Emelin is not a replacement for Eckholm. No. And I think Eckholm is way more valuable than, uh, than Matt Duchene. Trade Emelin. <laughs> over there. Just make him go to all the teams this year. I just can't wait to see Alexi Emlin get his knee blown out trying to do something shitty again. Ah, I just loved that event because you know he tried to throw his knee out to hurt freaking Luch, fucked up his own knee, and then Andrew Berkshire trying to say that Luch threw a dirty hit. And then he, he like laid there crying oh. wolf for like 20 minutes. Well, I mean, his knee was fucked. He missed the rest of the season, but... True. Um, <laughs> but not only... Well, he didn't just, like, lay there because he was hurt, too. He was, like, flopping, like, ah! Well, he, is a ha- he was a hab at the time, you know. Right. That's spawned the hashtag Berkshire logic. The logic that any time a hab gets hurt anywhere on the planet, even during off-season, a Bruin did it. I mean... Makes sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so free agency was kind of lackluster, and we'll see if anything exciting happens. There's one more thing to have today. The Leafs made a strange choice. Yeah, they did. I mean, signing Marlowe was not a strange choice in and of itself, but signing him for a lot of money for three years on a 35-plus contract. <laughs> Low Leafs third, are back. That, that third year was fucked because um, that puts them when they need to start, you know, paying Matthews and Marner. Just bucket loads of money. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of Leafs analytics people I follow on Twitter are saying that the next two years, the Bruins, the Leafs should have been running around throwing buckets of money at people for two years. But then they signed them for three. And I think, look, is it, what is it, 16 and a half and 14 and a half is a signing bonus? Something along those lines. It's just a weird, weird, weird contract choice. Yeah. yeah it's six, two, it's six two five for three years. Signing bonus of seven million this first season, then four and a half, then three. So his actual salaries are 1.5 million, 1.5 million, and one and a quarter. I really thought that he'd resign with San Jose once uh, Jumbo Joe resigned with them. but Well, Jumbo hasn't officially resigned. That's been the word, but there's been nothing out of the Sharks. Huh. There's been no contract mentioned. I saw something about the possibility of a one-year, but there's been no nothing like blocked in. Yeah, he's still, Cap Friendly still has him listed as UFA. Really? Interesting. Well, I know that Cap Friendly only has confirmed a certain number of contracts, so. But they've been pretty quick about things, particularly today, because, you know, it's, it's business has slowed down. But yeah, they haven't, uh, they haven't uh, officially resigned him yet, even though it was uh, allegedly the word that they had so who knows well it was blasted all over TV yesterday so that's all I can go on I didn't confirm it or whatnot. there was another big deal today was it the capital signed Kutsunov or whatever his name is for like 8 years and 60 something million since we started recording yes Yep. Okay, so that's uh, two contracts that they've uh, two people they've locked up for uh, eight years, and they traded Johansson. Oh, they did. I missed that. Yeah, it, I just got the notification within the last like ten minutes. They traded him for a second and a third. Oh, to the Devils, huh? Yeah, that's, I like that move for the Devils. Devils currently have no players, so um, and Johansson and, and Marcus Johansson is a uh, you know quietly underrated guy because he's been buried deep on the on the Caps. Yeah, I kind of love how the Caps are kind of exploding a little bit. Well, yeah, they have no idea what to do. They're in a 
in an absolute no-win position right now. Oh, that's an awful, cruel way of putting it, but that's also accurate. The fact of the matter is they still have, you know, Ovi is still an exceptional player. Backstrom are still an exceptional players. Both of them make a lot more money for four and three years, three more years respectively. But they're also in decline. Ovi's 31, Backstrom, and Backstrom's 29. Holpe is still very good. Holpe's young enough. Holpe's only 27. They're a weird cap place because they got a lot of high-dollar contracts for a long time. You know, I still got two more years of Orpik at 5.5. Fucking Brooks Orpik. I would have... <laughs> to buy him the fuck out. I mean, here's the thing, too. They went all in trying to get Shattenkirk and then lost, so. Well, and that's just it. Now they're in a weird place because they just lost Williams, right? And, you know, yep. Williams was brought in and was supposed to be their, their big finisher because he was Mr. Game 7 and all that. That didn't play out so well. Keep in mind, he wasn't the first guy they brought in because he was a playoff hero. Previously, Joel Ward was that guy, and he did prove that briefly. You know, Joel Ward uh, did score that overtime goal in Game 7, first round against us in, two, in, in, in 2012. First oh. of a couple playoff events that resulted in some some monsters um, posting very racist things on Twitter. Other ones usually involve PK Subban, of course. Yeah, um, people are shitty. Yes, yes, they are. Um, so yeah, they did that. They just paid TJ Oshi a reasonable amount for way too fucking long. Yep. Like that's well, that's, yeah. the, that's the amount I would pay Oshi. Yes, I would not pay him for eight years, that for eight years though. No, that, I don't that like Oshi as a player very much. I never have. But yes, okay. From what he brings, five seven five is appropriate for four years. Well, I didn't realize this. I'm reading cap friendly. The Capitals have about nine million in projected cap space and they only have 14 players signed on their roster. Oh, God. Yep, they um, uh, they're, well, yeah, they only have one goalie signed right next to Grubauer is an RFA. Um, they only have five defensemen. Niskanen, Orpik, Orloff, Carlson, and Chorney, whatever the fuck that is. What's Taylor Chorney? I've heard of him, but I think <laughs> I've heard of him because it's like uh, he popped in as an injury uh, replacement. Okay. And like Dimitri Orloff, a player I quite like, 5.1 for six years is a bit much for him. And I like Dimitri Orloff. He's, but they also don't have that many forwards signed right now. Uh, what's that? Nine forwards? No, no. Eight forwards plus Andre Burakovsky's an RFA. But they got they got dog years locked in for two more years, so that's good. Oh, yay. Ah, they're paying him a million five for two years. Wow. What a Wow, that's too deal. bad, yeah. I mean, good for you, Brett Connolly. Extending your career and all that. Former first round pick, dog years. Yeah. You know, and in a year, for them in a year, it doesn't get better because um, of the people they have signed right now, five of them are UFA. In, I don't know, four of them are UFA in a year, including like John Carlson, who uh, will get expensive and not be worth what he becomes. Sort of like, oh, Osner. Yeah, they may be on the, they may be screwed here. Some of these deals. They're a year out from probably having to find a try to trade Ovechkin because I don't look into this roster and I don't see how they stay competitive after well even now this year was their moonshot and they lost in the second round oh wow the Leafs are now over the cap too well yeah but they they're gonna you know LTIR Lupul and um, um and Horton oh true oh do you think that Lupul's done yeah that's the word Lupul's finished what what happened to Lupul? did he turn into a wolf because every time I see his name I keep thinking wolf well see learn to spell Jeffrey you asshole <laughs> see what um, happened is the Leafs found a Leafs found a Lupul and and they were going oh, to be able to get that <laughs> money off the books. <laughs> I believe people refer to this island, this loophole, loophole, loophole. The loophole. They refer to it. Leaf fans refer to this as um, Robidas Island. 
because no one's really sure what was wrong with Stefan Robidoff for the last two seasons, but he's been, you know, in an undisclosed location for some time now. Oh, okay. So I feel that Lupul may fall in that category, whereas Horton, we know what's wrong with him. But, what about uh, David Clarkson, too? He Clarkson is now a, whatever his injury is, and I don't know, because he's still as functional when the Leafs, tra- well, as functional as he ever was, when the Leafs traded him to Columbus, and then he broke. And now he is broken for the Golden Knights. Yeah, basically he failed to pass a uh, physical, and now he coaches a something or other team in Canada. Yeah, so he's basically been disappeared. You know, I mean, a couple of the players that were disappeared, their contracts expired this year. Pronger is finally no longer under an NHL contract. And, of course, Savvy is now finally... uh, played 25 games of that contract i was not around for any of either of them playing yeah well anyway so you know there's still a few of those of those eternal irs left you know obviously horton lupul clarkson ryan clo with lupul it says he had on cap friendly anyway it said he had a sports hernia surgery that shouldn't be enough to make you inert well again with robada we've already seen the leafs have questionable ethics on the matter of disappearing players. I mean, that's why they got taken to arbitration and then court on the Jared Cowan buyout last year. Okay, well, it'll be fun seeing what the Toronto Maple Leafs do to get out of their cap situation, but we already know it. Yeah, and so we're going to disappear those two and call it a day. I have an interesting question for you. Not Toronto Maple Leafs related, but related to an original six team nonetheless. What do you think about Chicago trying to get the last Stanley Cup winning team back together? <laughs> Good laugh about that yesterday. <laughs> I mean, like, if you, you think you can put Patrick Sharp, Sharp's hip back together for a million, sure, I guess. But ah, they and how and how much are they really putting that back together? They just traded Marcus Kruger for for future considerations this morning. Wow. Yeah, Apparently that trade, was, that trade was agreed on ages ago as part of the negotiations that ended up getting them to pick, take Trevor Van Riemsdyk in a second, I think it was. And yeah, basically it was waiting today, so two, so, so his $2 million bonus would be paid. And he was traded for future considerations to the Golden Knights. Oh, boy. Wow. Yep, pretty much. And the Blackhawks, of course, are... Have that projected cap space of $665,205 right now. It's worth it to win the cup. They're not winning the cup. You know what stinks, though? They're <laughs> somehow going to get out of that HOSA stuff. They are. Oh, and, and that's the thing. Like, it's so fucking painfully obvious that suddenly this season is when his allergies became too much to bear. Yes, yes, So yes. fucking transparent. Yes, yes. They can just long-term IR him and just pay him the $1 million for the rest of the contract, right? what they're gonna do but the, it'll count as whatever for the salary cap like 5.5 or whatever the fuck it was 5.275 but because because ltir doesn't make the cap it go away that's a thing a lot of people forget right but as bruins fans they have some intimate awareness of how that actually works because of all those years with the savvy contract but you know what they're gonna end up fucking doing he's like voted million for the next four years some team that doesn't plan on spending to the cap ever coyotes coyotes i don't know cats Somewhere. But Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, New Jersey probably isn't going to be spending anywhere near the cap in, the, in this century either. They're going to flip. Like New Jersey um, New Jersey and Arizona both have salaries of under, oh, and Carolina actually, have sal- salary salary commitments for next year of under $55 million. Cap floor is 55.4. So that's three teams that are currently below the floor. All right, so Chicago... Actually, no, four. Good. Actually, I take it back. There's four teams below the floor. The National Predators have salary commitments of $55,346,666. But they also have to sign Ryan Johansson, and uh, he's apparently asking for, like, all the money. Yeah. Which is exactly, you know, why Columbus traded him, is they knew that was going to happen. 
He's asking for a lot. I know. It's also only 24, though, so anyway. I know. Like, give him eight years of something or other and whatnot, and that's a, a good lockup. But what's he want? Like, 10 million? Maybe saying something about 8 million because basically he says, well, look at, look, he's probably trying to get the Tarasenko contract. And so, in order to get, and you ask for what more than what you want. So, if you want the Tarasenko contract, you have to ask for at least eight. All right. Actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was, but it's still probably going to be tr- tricky. Um, I can't imagine. My guess is Poyle would like to give him something more in the vicinity of what uh, Forsberg gets right now, possibly, but for longer, which is only six. That's not going to happen. But. Mm. Well, oh, wow. the Sharks did officially resign Thornton. Oh, it did, it did go through now? Yeah, one year, $8 million. All right, so it remains to be seen what's going to happen. It was just the start. Of You're the- still moving parts out there, you know? Yep. And there's still a, f- a couple reasonably substantial named UFAs out there. You know, um, Andre Markov, Radulov. Um, <laughs> Radulov <laughs> is trying to get big money. <laughs> yeah. You know, Markov was asking for two for six million each for two years from at the age of thirty eight from the Habs, <laughs> which is too much. Honestly, if we get him, I would sign him for two years for for, for much less money. Like three. Markov is a third pairing left D would be great, and I've always liked Markov despite the Habs stink. Actually, you know, another thing is Drew Stafford's still available. The longer he sits. You know, I mean, we know Sweeney's still talking to him, you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's like, well, we'll keep an eye on We'll keep channels open here, but let's see what you can find. Longer I think he also, more you know, like, may come back for low money then. He, I think he came out and said he wouldn't, he wants to stay. I think he liked it here for the little time that he was here. My guess is that, you know, Sweeney told him we like you, we wouldn't mind keeping you, but uh, he's like, if you want money, it can't be here. Let's sign him for for $2.5 million and give him a vacation down in the Cape. Anyway, we'll see. The longer he sits, the more likely he signs for almost nothing. Because he'll just want to play. Because remember, his uh, prior to me picking him up, he was having an awful season. He closed great with us, but he was doing bad in Winnipeg this year. He also played really well. Yeah, he played well at the end of the season, and he played well in the uh, playoff series as well. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Drew Stafford will be here again. Maybe he won't. We'll see. I still say give him that vacation on the Cape, Donnie. That'll seal the deal. He'll sign for whatever you want. Where can you find us? You can find us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Google Play. Google Play. Um, you can talk to us on Twitter at Barely on Topic. You can find us on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. Let's see. Uh, you can get to our totally awesome Twitter accounts ourselves. I'm at DJPA73. I am, of course, at, at Dr. Hand Grenade. Still taking applicants to make the team go 98-0, so, you know, get at me. <laughs> I am at Tim Rich 88 and I am also accepting Jeff's applicants to hand <laughs> off the <laughs> Sure, why, why not? More, more. You know, I think it's a great idea. Everybody should do it. I'm not accepting applications. I mean, I'll forward them, but I'm not accepting them. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what my that, uh, wingman, Tim, over here, I will pass every single applicant. On. All right, so I think that's our show this week. We'll be back next week. I think we'll be back next week. I don't know what we'll be talking about, but we'll be back next week. Sure, sounds great. Tim, take us up. Word. <laughs>